Hello and good morning, Joe Justice here, the Kanawha Valley Hustler, and I am joined here at the Kanawha County Public Library with Bob Bliss, the CEO of Bob Bliss and Associates. And Bob, I'm going to ask you the same thing I ask everybody. What's your hustle? Oh, Joe. My hustle, I guess, is working with a wide variety of clients, whether it be higher education or corporate, uh, large corporations or small businesses that have some kind of difficulty in their, in their organization. Yeah, I noticed talking to you that you are an author, you're a consultant, you're a business leader. I mean, you've got a bunch of different hats. So we're going to try to focus on just a couple of them. <laughs> I mean, I've got your book here, Education on a Conveyor Belt. And I know that you consult regularly with businesses to help, you know, keep them on track, get them, get them back on track, get them to that next level. So right. I'm going to try to try to figure out where we want to go with this conversation because I feel like we're going to need to have more than one <laughs> before it's all said and done. But tell me a little bit about just to kind of get started about this book, Education on a Conveyor Belt. This is your most recent book. Tell me just a little bit about that. Uh, well, that's something that's been about nine years in the making, Joe. Uh, I've written three books. The first two are primarily uh, geared toward corporations, toward management of people. Uh, this is the first time I've really branched off into the education side of it. And the reason being that uh, I spent a lot of my time in higher education. Uh, I was a college president. I've been held virtually every office in, a, in administration at a college or university. And what I see right now in higher education scares me, to be honest with you. Uh, the the title uh, was meant to be a joke at first, but when you say education on a conveyor belt, uh, it's really happening. And what do you so tell me? Break that down for me a little bit. What does that mean to be on a conveyor belt? I mean, isn't that a good thing? Don't you want kids moving through the system? Uh, yes, but they have to learn something going through the system. That's the problem. Uh, right now, students usually in the elementary school, elementary school, they're placed on the what I call the the. Uh, what I call the uh, conveyor belt of education. They're placed on it. The unique part is they can't get off. They're told on day one they cannot fail. They're, and we have school that continues from uh, elementary school into middle school, into high school, into colleges now as well. And when students are on the conveyor belt and they know they're not gonna fail, all incentive goes out the window. They know they're gonna make it. Why should they knock themselves out? You've got We've got uh, schools right now that uh, dictate pretty much to faculty that there'd be no grade lo lower than a C for any student. And consequently, there's no chance, there's no chance for th the students at the lower end of the learning, sc learning scale, put it that way, uh, teachers have to teach the lowest level. Now, if you know that you're not going to get a grade lower than C, you're not going to work as hard as you can. They're not going to try to do the best they can. They want to do just enough to get by. And that's becoming dangerous because as it proceeds, students then go to the next grade, they go to the next grade, pretty soon they graduate and try to go to college. Some of them aren't ready for college. And then the same thing happens in college. Uh, they can't fail in college. You have grade inflation. There are a lot of factors to it that I outline in the book. It's scary to see what's happening right now. Wow, yeah. And, you know, you read some of that stuff. I think you just told me it was just in the paper here recently that there was a school system that just flat out said they're not going to have any kind of academic requirements moving forward. Yeah, it was forward. in Oregon. The, uh, the, the, uh, the governor of Oregon signed a bill that uh, said that uh, students were no longer required to have competency in reading, writing, or mathematics to receive their diploma from high school. Wow. So where's the incentive to perform? Right. 
And switching gears here, so going from education to your career in education, yep. um, you told me a little bit about how you've made a little bit of a career, or maybe not even a little bit, that's probably the wrong way to say it. You've made a bit of a co- career out of turning higher education around, haven't you? Uh, yes, I have. Tell uh, me a little bit about that. Well, it all started uh, my first college. I graduated from Adrian College in Michigan, a little tiny school. and. Uh, I was ready to go to work for either a, uh, a bank or an insurance company when I graduated, and the college president, who was brand new by the way, uh, ran across me on campus one day and asked me if I'd like to stay on and be assistant to the president. And that sounded much nicer than being a bank teller, so I just went to work for Adrian College. But I found out that the job as assistant to the president that uh, was quite challenging because he was the president was given one year to turn the college around or the board is going to shut it down. So he and I worked together and uh, I wore about eight hats. I can't go through all of them. I didn't realize this when I got into it. I learned by doing, but I had to create an alumni office. I had to create the admissions office. I had to handle all public relations. I had to handle uh, all student affairs on campus, off campus housing uh, for students. Uh, I had to set up, I had to write the alumni magazine. Uh, I was the advisor for the yearbook. Actually, I wrote the yearbook. Uh, I broadcast, I was the announcer for all football and basketball games in my spare time. Uh, so I wore about seven hats, but I learned a lot. And it was a very good experience, really. And and speaking of learning a lot, and I know I'm skipping over and uh, doing a big jump here, but you've taken all of that experience that you learned there and through your career, and now you apply it to help other business owners and other uh, you know organizations either save their business or get yeah. their business right on, back on track. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, a lot of experience, really. But I found out I have, uh, and I've outlined this in a couple of other books, but. Uh, I have, there are four words that I pretty much use on every situation. The first and most foremost is that uh, ask ask a CEO, what's what's the most important asset in your company? I've had automobile dealers tell me their inventory is the most important thing. I've had all kinds of answers from CEOs, but they eventually come around to the most important asset of your people. A lot of them don't realize it, but you got people with your most important asset, the next word is communication. You've got to have open communication. You can't spring surprises on people that work for you. Keep them informed. You don't have to open all the books to them, but you can be very honest about what you plan to do with the company. Uh, the third word is responsibility. I like people that have that like to have responsibility, but I also wonder why do you want more responsibility? Is it to help the company grow or is it to help your resume? It makes a big difference. And the final word is accountability. I'm strong on accountability. Most people run from accountability. They like responsibility, but they don't want accountability. Uh, I've seen corporate presidents who abdicate that responsibility because if they have a hard decision they have to make, it's going to impact the company uh, either immediately or long term. They can't make it. They decide, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to form a committee. And they form a committee. And that's abdicating their responsibility as a CEO. Because in forming a committee, it's a win-win for the CEO. If, if the decision is made that was one that he really liked, well, he'll take credit for it because I formed the committee. If he doesn't like it, well, it's not my fault because it was the committee. So it's those four words I bring into every single corporation that I work with. 
and I'm a, I'm kind of a fanatic on the people side. Uh, one of the companies that I bought, uh, we had about 300 employees altogether, uh, we covered four states, and I knew nothing about the nothing about the product at all, and the employees knew. I was just coming from being a college president, and this was a diesel engine company. And I I didn't know diesel engines from this coffee cup sitting here, and the employees knew that, so I had to immediately let the employees know, number one, that they are the experts and I want to help them be much better than they are right now. How can I help you? And started that way. And all of a sudden I had the employees on my side and we turned around a, a financial deficit of about a million five uh, to a profit of a million two in uh, less, than, less than 12 months. Wow, wow, wow. It wasn't me, it was the employees. Right, and I, I am, and I know that's just one example of of quite a few that that, that you have, right? Uh, yeah, I could. If we had a week, I could tell you a little bit about everyone. We're going to save some of those stories for the next <laughs> podcast because I, I get the feeling we could probably do five or six podcasts on on your career because I've talked to you quite a bit about some of that. But I do yeah. as we as we wrap up here because believe it or not, we're already coming close to the end of our time here. But as we wrap up, there is something I want to ask you, and there's something kind of an I don't want to I don't want to put your age out there or anything, but <laughs> I do notice most people that I see that are in your bracket or sitting on you know the rocking chair taking it easy, but you're not doing that. So I'm really curious, what is it that keeps you showing up and doing all this stuff instead of you know being out fishing somewhere? Well, thank you. First of all, most people my age are dead. Uh, <laughs> So I, I'm I'm unique in that respect. Uh, no, I've been I've been very blessed. Number one, with good health, uh, obviously. Uh, I still play golf. I still uh, exercise a lot. Uh, I I've just been very very blessed with that. Anyway, uh, I get bored very easily, Joe. Uh, even on a consulting job, once I get the company up and running, I'm bored at that point because the challenge is gone. Uh, I've had companies that. Uh, I've gone into as on a consultant, and they've asked me to stay on as CEO. And I told them I will stay on for CEO either if one of two things happen. Either one year expires or I have you making money, whichever comes first. Wow. Because I don't want to be around once it's running. You know, I, I can't go into a company that's being well run right now and, uh, and, and help them a whole lot. I want to help them when they're in trouble. Right. Just just a little too boilerplate for you, huh? It's too boring. Yeah. 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 And I, I don't like to be bored. Well, Bob, I'm going to ask you, a lot, a lot of people that I ask uh, that are on here, if, if somebody's wanting to get started with a business, if somebody's wanting to do something uh, new, they've got innovative idea, or you know maybe they want to buy a business or something like that, what, what's the top thing? What's one piece of advice that you would recommend for anybody getting started and moving forward and growing a business? First of all, have 150% confidence in yourself. And don't say, number one, well, here's my plan B. Don't have a plan B. Most people will say, well, you gotta have a plan B in case this doesn't go. Well, don't go into a thinking that, well, if this doesn't go, I can always do this. Mm -mm. Have 150%, throw it into it, this is the way you wanna go, and this is what you're gonna do. And you've gotta have determination, and you gotta have the right, the, have the right people to work with. Awesome. Bob, I want to thank you so much for joining me here today. We're definitely going to have you back. We've got to do probably a couple episodes because we barely scratched the surface here. Okay. Thank you, George. But I want to thank you for joining us. And for everybody watching, I want to remind you that the Kanawha Valley Hustlers always reminding you to hustle hard, hustle smart, and hustle with a smile.